Welcome to OB Boss Babes, where we showcase female entrepreneurs, working professionals, community builders, and local makers and creators. Our podcast is all about babe supporting babes, learning about community builders, and of course, female empowerment. Get inspired to the only podcast in the Ottawa Valley that showcases local babes in our community and join our tribe of boss babes where everyone is welcome. End of the Leash is a locally women and veteran owned pet boutique. Owners Tina McNish and Jillian McLellan have together over 30 years of industry experience in pet care and dog training, specializing in raw and whole foods for dogs and cats. In addition to this, End of the Leash offers a wide selection of toys, beds, clothing, accessories, and more. They are committed to supporting local artists, Canadian made and unique ethically produced products. End of the Leash has created a pet haven which will provide residents of the Ottawa Valley with high quality, wholesome pet care products and services. For exceptional, knowledgeable, customer-centric care and service, End of the Leash is your go-to pet boutique here in the Ottawa Valley. Tina, Jill and their staff look forward to meeting you and your furry family members. Check out End of the Leash on Facebook and Instagram for special deals, products, treats and even weekly pet tips. Conveniently located at 3067 Petawalla Boulevard, find them right behind Gearheads and right next door to Peacock Yoga. End of the leash. Putting the pet back in Petawawa, one paw at a time. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OB Boss Babes podcast. Guys, you all know that I love hosting and co-hosting with other local boss babes in the area. And as soon as I saw this local Padawawa boss babe got her most recent new job with Pure Country 96.7, I knew I had to have her on the podcast to come host with me. Please welcome Katie Hiska from Padawawa to OB Boss Babes. <laughs> hello, hello. Katie, how are you doing on this morning? I am doing great. I'm so excited to do this with you today. Katie, we have to talk about your journey a little bit because mm -hmm. Hiska, for those that don't know your last name and your relation, <laughs> you are actually Valerie Hiska's daughter from your independent grocer in Padawawa. And up until recently, that's where you were working. I was, yeah, I was the promotions manager there. So doing all the social media and any type of extra events or anything promotional wise, that was, that was my gig. And so what led you into the industry of radio? Um, to be honest with you, I answered a Facebook ad. Uh, I have no experience, nothing to do with radio. Um, it was literally just afternoon host uh, and brand ambassador. And I was like, kind of what I do, I guess. And being silly on social media and stuff. And I answered, I did an interview and I did a uh, audition tape as well. and. They decided to, to take me on and teach me everything that I need to know. That's amazing. So are you doing yeah, the afternoon really cool. show or are you morning? Yeah. With no. So I have the uh, afternoon drive show. It's from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. every weekday. That is so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, for someone who doesn't have that experience, I've been tuning in and you're doing a fabulous job. You are oh, lawless you. in the way you're speaking. <laughs> I don't know if you have notes in front of you or something, but you are doing so fabulous. That's why I thought you'd be perfect to come on the podcast and co-host with me. <laughs> yeah, I've just been really just working on it and every day is a different day. So, so much fun. So now you're no longer at the grocery store? Um, I am still there part-time. I still do some of the social media and stuff and 
right now I'm just trying to get it back into a routine of balancing both jobs and then hopefully I can get back to doing some TikToks and all that stuff for my mom at the store. So. I was going to say, I hope that you're not going away from that anytime yeah. soon because you are doing a fabulous job with the TikToks and the reels. I almost want to hire you to do mine because it's so much work. It, it is so much work. It is definitely, well, I was full-time at the store doing that. It was 45 hours a week. So it does, uh, it's quite the job. Yeah. Now, Katie, I have to ask you, do you believe in ghosts? On it, I think so. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I definitely think, I think it's very interesting. I'm very interested in it. And I think it's a very cool, a very cool thing. And have you ever been to a psychic? I haven't. No, I've always wanted to go. Oh, well, this is interesting then, Katie, because we are bringing on Katie Turner, who is a sensitive psychic medium right here in the Ottawa Valley. So what do you think? Should we bring her in? Yes, I definitely think so. I'm so excited. Let's do it. When some of us hear the term psychic, we think of Ouija boards, tarot cards, and Long Island medium, Teresa Caputo. But being psychic isn't easy, and many people have misinterpretations about what this gift actually all entails. And if you also have the ability to communicate with those that have passed on the other side, your sensitivity and intuition is strong enough to hear, feel, and see information coming from the other side. How does someone know that they're actually psychic? Are they really able to see and correctly predict someone's future? What about talking to loved ones that have passed, not to mention ghosts and spirits? And why should those who haven't been properly trained in dealing with ghosts really mind their own business before opening up portals that they might not be able to close themselves? Please welcome Katie Turner, sensitive psychic medium in Deep River to OB Boss Babes podcast. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Good. Thanks so much for having me. Good, Katie. Oh my gosh. I'm super excited to chat with you. You have been on my radar for so long now that I've literally been like, when is an appropriate time to approach her? I'm sure she's so busy. And then I saw you on your TV with John and Dave. So I got a little snippet of that and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to ask her and I'm going to book her in. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with myself and Katie today. Well, thank you so much. Honestly, it's, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of fun today. All right. So I'm going to jump in with the first question here, Katie. So when did you first realize that you had psychic abilities? You know what? I, I cannot go back in time to give you a specific date, but I can tell you that uh, I'm going to say most of my life. Um, my parents have stories of when I uh, can't even recollect of me telling them things, predicting things, um, you know, being able to see spirits and, and pass messages on. So realistically, to me, it's been my whole life. I don't know what it's like to not be a psychic. What was it like when you first started receiving information from the other side? And how did your journey into mediumship progress from there? So um, for me, it was quite natural. Uh, it was something that just happened. I was never really afraid of it. I was more intrigued than anything. And uh, I would take messages to my loved ones 
um, you know, a, a past loved one would come to visit or uh, I would have a premonition about something and I would take it to the loved ones. And I was really fortunate growing up because my family um, are very open to this and very sensitive as well. So it wasn't something that wasn't normal uh, sitting at the dinner table talking about the ghost that talked to me that night. And so it just evolved from there. Um, really, it started, uh, you know, 12, 13 years old, I was doing research uh, to try and figure out what I was seeing, to validate it. I was starting to question things. Uh, when I went to school, I realized that most of the other kids didn't have these abilities or didn't show these abilities. And so it was at that point that I went, you know what, I need to figure out what this is. So going to libraries, watching documentaries, doing all of those things uh, kind of started to open my mind a little bit to the possibility of psychic abilities. And it wasn't until high school and college that I started paranormal investigating. I would go to haunted locations very amateurly, but I would go to haunted locations. I would uh, take audio recorders and cameras and just do my best to try and capture this evidence to prove to myself that it was real. Um, it was at that point that, uh, you know, it started to get serious and I really didn't need that validation anymore. And I decided to start a paranormal team. Um, we're called the Canadian Supernatural Research Society. And so it was at that point through my investigations, people found out what I could do. I would walk into a, a location and I could read the room. I could read the past. I could read the person in the room. And it was at that point that I had to end my career in real estate and start doing readings for people because people were coming into my office so much that uh, it kind of, the universe forced my hand. And so that was my journey from the start to now. Yeah. You weren't able to get any work done. I would have gotten a slap on the hand too, if I was talking outside of work stuff. Now, I think it's really interesting that you were having table conversations with your family about it, which is probably why, like you said, you didn't get scared because for the rest of us growing up, if we saw something, I mean, I don't know, Katie, about you, but when, if I would ever see something or think I see something, my mom and dad would really tone it down and be like, you didn't see anything. There's nothing there. Don't be scared. Like my daughter at three 30 in the morning who never wakes up, she sleeps through the night. She's an angel woke up in the middle of the bunk bed that she was sleeping in screaming. And I had just finished feeding my, my two month old, put him down, went into the room that she was sleeping in, turned on the light and she's pointing to the side corner my first reaction is, oh my God, oh my God, pack up. We're leaving right now. Like, I do not want to be dealing with this at all. But I'm like, what would my mom do? She would be calm. She would be patient. And she would say, there's nothing there. And so what did I do? I crawled into bed with her, even though I was scared shitless. I did not want to be in that room with her. And I stayed with her peering over my shoulder the entire time to see if there was anything there, even though the lights were on, her nightlight was on, everything was good. And the next day I woke up and told my husband, he was like, oh, Holly, she probably didn't see anything. And I'm like, no, no, we're not staying here another night. <laughs> but I mean, had I had parents or something, you know, growing up to have that conversation to say, yep, there, there might be someone there. Just ignore them, ask them to go away, you know, like just make it normal. I think that maybe I would have had a different experience like you, Katie, or, you know, my daughter, but I really tried not to scare her because my poor daughter would have been, if I would have fed into that energy, she would have not gone back to sleep. Well, you know, that's, that's a really great, that's a really great thing for you to kind of, uh, you know, admit in the sense that, you know, your fear kind of, you didn't want to feed your daughter the fear. Um, that's truly why I do what I do in terms of paranormal and, and I, I do podcasts and, and, and TV and stuff like that. And really it's to speak my truth. I, I really don't want 
the public or the normal the normal nine to fiver uh, to ever be afraid. Uh, there should be a healthy fear, of course, but what they perceive on television in Hollywood and in movies has its place for entertainment. But really, it comes down to the reality of, uh, of things and how they happen. And I, I don't want people to be afraid. So I really try to speak my truth and educate people to make them uh, aware, but open to the fact that, that it is real, it is out there, and you don't necessarily have to be afraid of it. What is the difference between a medium and a psychic? That's a great question, Katie. So not every psychic is a medium, but every medium is a psychic. Okay, so uh, the way that I describe and differentiate them is a psychic is somebody that can tap into timelines, past, present, and future. So they may be able to pick up historical events. They may be able to pick up a, an object and have psychometry. In other words, read the piece of the, 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 the object that they, they have in their hands or the wall that they're touching or the environment they're in. Uh, so you can pick up past lives and past events, past tragedies, and so on. Then there's the, the timeline and, and the fact that you can read what's happening in the moment. So say I was to communicate with, you know, tap into something, I could feel that, you know, somebody's going through cancer right now or going through treatments. And then there's the futuristic events that you're able to predict, the premonitions that you're having, tapping into that timeline of the future. So psychic is more of the, of the, of the time, whereas a medium is somebody who can communicate with spirits or ghosts. And they're able to, uh, through different methods of communication, they're able to kind of tap into that energy and, and, and communicate, really, talk to them. Um, there's many different forms of psychic mediumship. Um, I tell people that I'm clairaudient, which is the act of hearing, clairsentient, which is the act of smelling, clairvoyant is seeing, clairconscient is the act of knowing, empathic means I can pick up on symptoms, whether it be physical or metaphoric. So I try to explain to people that not everything is literal. So if I saw a broken heart, that broken heart can mean a couple of things. It could mean that you suffer from something physically wrong with your heart. Or it can insinuate that you physically you'd suffer from emotional heartbreak. Okay, so there's there's different forms in the way you download the information, but it depends on if you're a psychic or medium. And some people um, are are kind of only see dead people or see you know those types of events. They don't necessarily tap into timelines. One is not better than the other. It's just how you read the information. So earlier, Katie, you had mentioned that you were in real estate. So that's what you were doing career wise, but. What was the turning point other than people coming into your office all the time and asking for readings that you decided to do this full time? And I'm really curious what a reading and session looks like when someone comes and asks for a reading from you. So for me, um, how it kind of all began, you know, I was in, I was, uh, had my real estate license. I was, I was running a, a real estate office doing assistant work. And I was also training horses and, and riding horses and kind of on a, on a, professional basis. And I had to uh, make a decision. My, my life, I always tell everybody that the universe, um, you know, will make your life a living hell or make your life harder, I should say, until you deviate the course into the course of fate that they want you to be in. And so, uh, you know, it was just, it wasn't a bad life. I loved doing what I was doing in real estate and horses. And, and I still ride today. Horses are a big part of my life, but it was really the universe kind of poking at me going, you know, we want you to do this. We would, we want you to read people. We want you to read people. And I can honestly say, I don't advertise. I don't, you know, I don't, um, look for it. It looks for me. And that's how I knew uh, that I was meant to be doing this. I tell people, 
when it's meant to be, it's easy. When it's meant to be, the universe make, opens up paths and doorways for you to be able to receive this stuff. And when life gets hard, maybe perhaps uh, reevaluate where you're going and maybe you should deviate and, and change your course of fate. And usually that's what the universe is trying to tell you. So for me, it's been quite easy. I enjoy what I do. It is, there are hard moments to it. It's not something that uh, is simply a nine to five. I have people calling me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, um, you know, it's certainly not just about money for me. This is about helping people. Uh, you know, there's many things I do not charge for, paranormal investigations, cleansings, working with the police, um, working with psychic children. I really want to keep it about integrity and, uh, you know, trying to help people. And, and so that's what I do. Um, in terms of like, um, you know, why it shifted and, and, and why I, I decided to, to do that was it, it wasn't really I didn't decide it was basically decided for me. Katie Hiska, I just have to pop in here real quick to say this because I don't know about you on your social media, but I get more requests from random psychics on my social media sliding into my DMs than I do sugar daddies. And I almost wish sometimes I get sugar daddies coming to me and saying like, Hey, do you want, you know, I'll okay. pay you $5,000 for something, but I get psychics. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm attracting them messaging me. Mm -hmm. And so Katie, no. it's really interesting when you say that you don't advertise your services on social media, because I feel like that's all I see in my DMS on my, like recommended mm -hmm. for you. I'm like, what am I doing to attract all these so what I tell people, when I, if somebody has never been to a psychic before, or no, whether you have or not, okay, if you, if you're looking to get a psychic reading, I tell people, please, 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 please do your research. It's one of the first disclaimers I say, do your research, check out references, make sure that these people are reputable, okay, because there are people out there that want to take your money. Again, this is about integrity for me. So I tell people, if you're not happy with the reading, I'm not going to charge you. I never take a payment first. I do the reading. I see how you feel. I want you to be open. I don't want you to feel as though you, you know, is this a waste of my time? Because when you're doing that, you're putting a wall up. And if you feel like I'm worthy of it, th then, then we'll talk about money. But for me, this is about getting what I need to get out. And again, I feel like the universe will provide to you not rich by any means, but they will provide to you if this is something you need. I encourage if anybody is reaching out to you saying, I'd like, I'd love to give you a reading, uh, you know, you know, do this or, or sending you an Instagram, sending you a TikTok. I would encourage you not to kind of go down that rabbit hole because um, there are a lot of people that are out for the wrong reasons. That makes sense. Would you say that you have people coming to you just for like a fund reading or are they actually needing help and guidance, guidance or wanting to connect with someone who has passed? I'm gonna say 99% of the people are serious about the readings. I do uh, you know, have situations where I will go into a group setting or I will uh, you know, read, usually it's a group setting, it's a wedding party or a bunch of girls that got together for a spooky night and they walk out going, huh, I never thought that I needed that, but I needed that. Um, and so again, I'm very serious about what I do and it, the information that I pass along is very serious. This is not, um, you know, just entertainment for me. This is the life I live and this is the message that I need to pass. You know, I have, I'd like to say proudly that I've been able to um, save a few lives and I've been able to change a few lives. And so, you know, I'm going to say most of them really seek advice. Is there anybody that comes to you that are skeptics, like just trying to figure out if this is real or not, or... So skepticism is a wonderful thing. 
And I encourage everybody to be skeptical. A good psychic is going to tell you something they can't find on the internet. They're going to tell you something they can't find out. And so I encourage everybody to go in with a skeptical mind, but an open mind. Um, and yes, there are people who, you know, they test my boundaries and I, I, you know, I may not be able to give everything. There may be, I never guarantee anything. I might not be able to give you anything when I'm doing a reading, but I'm not here to prove myself to you. I'm here to tell you what I see. It's up to you whether you want to believe it or not. Um, and it's it, the only reason why I know I'm, I'm successful at what I do is because of the, the people calling me back saying, you know, when you told me this six months ago, or do you know when, uh, you know, you told me this and I didn't believe you, well, it happened. And it keep, it, it's very humbling for me in the sense that I'm doing my job. It's what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm on the right track, but it also makes me proud to think that I'm being able to relay the information properly. Now, Katie, what are some things that people who are going to see a psychic maybe shouldn't be asking you? Well, first of all, all psychic and psychic mediums are different. Everybody operates differently. I personally don't use cards. I don't, uh, you know, in my readings, I don't use pendulums. I don't use those, those things I don't need. Now that doesn't make me better. I just download information differently. Every psychic downloads the information differently. Um, but you know, going in again, being skeptical, I like to use photos. So I ask an individual to bring in photos of the living, a dead animal or human. And I need to see the individual's eyes. Now, sometimes when I'm reading information, um, I am, it's, it's so prevalent that I don't need a photo. It's just there. The download is coming. But in the event that my energy is not strong enough to pick up that, that person's energy, living or dead, um, I ask for that photo and it kind of helps me dial their direct extension. In terms of questions, I, I ask people not to say anything in, in terms of don't give me anything beforehand. So the way that I offer readings is, is in person as well as virtually. I do a lot of stuff. COVID kind of uh, forced my hand. And, you know, um, so I, I'm doing a lot of virtual video online sessions. And so I tell people, if you're going to book with me, I don't want to know you. I don't want a friend request. I don't want a message. I don't want to. I actually have um, one of my Facebook pages that has an automated response that comes up and says, call me. Like, I don't even want to click on the person simply because the more that I know you, the harder it is for me to read because my personal interest, my personal opinion is very different from my psychic opinion. So um, I ask them, you know, please don't tell me anything till we're ready to go five minutes before the session. You're welcome to send photos if you want to, or you could hold them up to the screen. Or, you know, if I'm meeting you in person, I usually meet someone. I don't normally bring them into my space because I want to protect my space in terms of energy. So it's, it's hard, you know, that skepticism is good, but uh, you know, try not to give too much to information because the, not everybody is out there for the right reasons. Now, are people able to record their readings, Katie? Like, is someone able to, you know, bring in their phone and hit record maybe on a Zoom meeting with you? Are they able to record that or are they able to have someone write for them? Absolutely. Yes. This is your session, right? If you're, if you're coming to me for a session, this is your session. So I am simply the messenger. My personal opinion has nothing to do with it. There's been many scenarios where personally I'm like, oh, I wouldn't do that. But psychically being told, no, she needs to stay with that man or she needs to finish this or he needs to do that. And so it's not my job to judge. Uh, I think everybody has psychic ability and everybody has the ability to start to download and read, but it's their personal opinion or personal ego that gets in the way and stops that spiritual message from coming through. And I've had to learn to let go of my personal ego, let go of my, my personal uh, um, opinions and let the energy flow. When do ghosts and spirits show up and how do they appear to you? 
Okay, so great question. So ghosts and spirits. A lot of people don't realize that ghosts and spirits are two separate things. They're not the same thing. Uh, a ghost is an earthbound entity. So an earthbound entity being they, they either were confused, couldn't cross over, chose not to cross over or feared crossing over. So they stay and they inhabit an earth plane uh, as you and I do today. So if I died as Katie and I didn't cross over, I would only remember Katie's thoughts. Okay. When, a, when, it, when an entity dies and crosses over to the other side, they become a spirit. And they're really not that person anymore because we reincarnate over and over and over again. And the essence of us is still here. So think of it like a chapter in a book um, that, that you know, you've read a chapter and you move on to the next chapter. And that's how our lives work. Um, so really, it comes down to the, the method of death, um, how they died, their thought patterns at death, what they believed in at death, their fears and the choice whether they wanna stay or go. Uh, in some cases, when there's a family member mourning, the family member is not able to uh, comprehend the death or is, you know, can't get over the death or is, is so depressed because this, this individual or animal died. Um, it actually holds the spirit or the ghost, I should say, down. And it, the, the, the entity is not allowed to, or is not able to ascend on the other side. You have to understand that it's a vibrational frequency and the way that the vibrational frequency occurs depends upon the consciousness. And so uh, without getting too deeply, you know, you kind of have to differentiate. I get visitations and I get messages from both. So is that why then that they say that ghosts have unfinished business, especially like when I'm thinking about the movie Casper? Yes. So a lot of times ghosts have unfinished opinions, unfinished um, business, unfinished uh, guilt, uh, fear, um, and they are sometimes they're confused at death. There's a lot of scenarios where I'll walk into a haunted location when we're setting up equipment or somebody has contacted me, say, you know, we have something in our house. We think it's there. A lot of times the ghosts don't know they're dead. They have no idea. They're stuck in a consciousness where they're stuck in a time loop where they're stuck in a moment. Um, and you have to bring them to that consciousness. And then they have the choice whether they want to cross over or they're very possessive about the location. So say, you know, a, a person passed away and, uh, you know, they loved their home and, and they, they just couldn't bear living. They wanted to live there and die there and stay there. That's enough to, to tether them to that place. So a new person moving in and, and rebuilding or updating or changing the outlook of the, of the location kind of upsets the entity or makes it uncomfortable, wakes it up if you like, and that's when the activity starts. So it's bringing that entity or ghost into consciousness to say, hey, you don't have to be here anymore. You, you know, you can cross over. It's nothing scary. Um, and, and then that's when they make their choice. Um, the spirits are the ones that usually come through and they have all but love. You know, people say to me, is there any big messages from my loved ones? And most of the time there isn't. Most of the time they want to just pass on love. They will say things that I couldn't possibly know to validate it as them that you're communicating with. And they just want you to know that they are there, that they're witnessing you, they're seeing you and they were around. They haven't gone anywhere. You just can't see them anymore. I tell my family all the time that if I ever die unexpectedly, and even if it's like when I'm old and I'm in my deathbed, I said, if you ever see anything moving, I will make my presence known. And I said, all you have to do is say, yes, Holly, I see you. You, you can move on with your life. We know that you've passed on. And I said, and I will go away. But I said, if you hear anything, I said, you will know it's me. <laughs> 
spirits are, are spirits are wonderful when when death occurs and the transition occurs it takes a little bit of time sometimes it can take days but most of the time it takes weeks so people will say i haven't heard from my loved one why you know what it what is it, it there's a little bit of time on this earth plane so there's no such thing as time on the other side but on this time you know on this earth plane you're going to witness a little bit of time but sometimes it's actually the person that is mourning that is so emotionally broken down and have put walls up that they're not able to actually witness what is going on it's not the entity or spirit that can't come through it's the person holding it back for the spirit so i often tell people once you can kind of not get over it you never get over a death but accept it a little bit more that's when you're going to start to see a little bit more movement and communication with the other side. Katie Hiska, have you ever experienced anything like that with someone who was passed? I don't think so. Now I do have one question. So mm -hmm. my, when my grandfather was in the hospital and he was, he was dying, he kept saying that he could see our old family dog and like my grandfather who has already passed. And they were like in the air somewhere and just kind of like, telling them to come is that absolutely is he just delusional <laughs> uh, no absolutely so you're wow. in radio you're in radio so you know how mm -hmm. ladies you know how this works so let's get in our car and let's turn the radio on okay so we're gonna we're gonna turn to the country of them we're gonna turn to that radio station baby <laughs> we're gonna turn it on we're gonna crank it up we're gonna hear you because i put it into my car does that mean it doesn't go into all the other cars it doesn't because I don't turn the radio on, does that mean that there's no radio waves in the air? It doesn't. The radio waves are there. We just do not have a conduit in which to receive that radio wave. But once we turn the radio on, we can hear you. The wow. same thing occurs with death and with the other side. It's an antenna. It's a download. I am like an antenna. We are all antennas to a certain degree. It's whether you tune into that frequency to be able to download in that information to communicate and to hear the radio playing. An FM radio can only hear FM and an AM can only hear AM, right? So you have to tune into that frequency in order to make it work. The same principle occurs at death. His vibration is changing, it's heightening, and it's mm -hmm. tuning into that frequency that he can see. When you die, wow. you never die alone. Somebody always comes for you. And if it's the family dog, it's the family dog. But he is not <laughs> delusional. He's not crazy. He is seeing it. And it's so warming, welcoming, and loving to know that there are people on the other side that are waiting for you when you pass over. Yeah, he was definitely very happy. He was like, oh, look, it's grandpa. And yes. we were like, what are you talking about right now? <laughs> yeah. So Katie, I'm curious, why do spirits and ghosts mainly seem to be appearing at night versus during the day? Another great question. So um, there's a little bit of a misconception. Now there are witching hours, there are thinning of the veil at certain times, but it's not really the time of day that has anything to do with it. When you think about it, we are operating at a certain time frame right now, but over on the other side of the world, they're at a different time frame. It's dark there already. Okay, so it really doesn't have to do with time or darkness. It has to do with how quiet things are. So during the day, you got the Monday to Friday, nine to five, you're busy, you're, we're doing our thing, we're busy doing our thing, and our human consciousness is in the way. Okay, so our human consciousness and our spiritual consciousness are two separate things. The human consciousness is the Easter, the, the Christmas, the, you know, in car insurance, the, you know, mopping the floors, that's what our human consciousness is. The spiritual consciousness is picking up on that vibrational frequency. So 
at night when we're quiet, when we're going, we're getting ready for bed, when we're sitting there, we've stilled our minds. There's no cross contamination in terms of uh, lights you're witnessing outside or shadows going by or birds flying by that could potentially make your brain think of something else. That's when you're starting to see a lot of this activity. So it's not time, it's when you're quiet. I often ask people, if you're having a hard time receiving information, do a meditation, relax, calm down, and you're going to start to notice that things are going to wake up and you will witness it at any time of day. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what are the different ways that you can communicate with spirit? So communication as a psychic medium or as anybody in general? I guess anybody is in general. Okay. Well, I would really, really, really encourage anybody who is not familiar with, with the way the paranormal works to be quite careful. And I explain it like this. In the summer, when you open your door, uh, how many flies flew in? You don't know. The bottom line is we all have flies in our house. We don't know how they got there, but they flew in, whether it's on a piece of clothing <laughs> or a garbage bag or, you know, a kid, something flew in. So I really encourage you to be very careful. That's the first thing. The second thing I encourage is um, when you, when, when you ladies make a phone call, uh, you pick up your phone and you dial a number, you have an active intent as to which uh, the, the person that you're trying to contact, you're not just picking up the phone and dialing a random number. You have an active intent and you have that focus. The same thing goes with spirit communication. When you, you know, say who wants to communicate, you're opening the door up for malevolent energy to come in. And that's really dangerous. I have dealt with, I have a, um, actually a colleague on one of the TV shows that I do that is actually, uh, has passed away because of it. And she was a very well-known, well-respected psychic medium. Um, and we, let me, let me add, we put ourselves in this position trying to help people. So it's not as if, you know, in a certain degree, we are welcoming it. Um, but it is very harmful. It can change your whole aspect on life. It can injure you. It can harm you. It can kill you essentially. And so I tell people, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you're getting into. If you choose to get into paranormal and you're really wanting to experiment with this stuff, please find a well-respected, well-reputable paranormal team or psychic medium that you can mentor with. That's going to give you the ins and outs. That's going to keep you safe, teach you what you should and shouldn't do. Um, I would not suggest just buying a piece of equipment and just starting to communicate because again, that's when bad things happen. Mm -hmm. I just actually had a TikTok haunting paranormal star on my podcast. It's actually going to be coming out before your episode, Katie. And she's been tapping into that stuff. And lo and behold, she brought something home with her in her apartment. And now she's got an old man in her apartment. She's not scared. I'm getting chills just talking about it, but I'm like, why would you go exploring and looking for that? And then bring when want to bring that home with you. Like that yeah. gives me the EBGBs. You know what? I was at a local haunt a couple of days ago. Uh, my team and I frequent uh, Buck Hill. We, Buck Hill Road, we frequent it quite, quite a lot. We've investigated it over 60 times. Uh, there's certainly something there. Um, there's more than something. There's many things there. There's a, there's a portal or a vortex. We've never left there uh, disappointed. But in this particular case, I brought something home. And not only did I bring it home, but the rest of my, I shouldn't say the rest. There were multiple team members that witnessed the same thing I witnessed that night. And so we did not communicate to the next morning. And I, we have a group chat and I went on the group chat and said, ladies, you gentlemen, like, this is what happened. And they went, oh my God, the same thing. So it is very real. And that's evidence in itself that it's occurring. But uh, yes, it, it, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I tell people, don't get on a horse if you don't want to fall off. 
because it's going to happen. Yeah. It's just about how it happens. Katie and my mouth dropped at the exact same time during that story. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would, Katie, have you ever been to Buck Hill? I have been to Buck Hill and I was just not okay. <laughs> so did you I was see like, something? I was so scared. I don't think I saw anything. I think it was just like the leading up to it and it was like super dark and it was just eerie. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to see anything. I can feel it. You know what's really funny? I don't know if this is just an Ottawa Valley thing or not, or maybe like my generation, but that was the thing to do back in the day was like, everybody yeah. would go to like, oh, is it still a thing? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like people like just at like, least when I was in high school. Yeah. We people would go to someone's house. Night. Yes. People would like for my generation, like for all my friends, we'd, we'd be like at someone's house, we'd be all drinking, be like, what are we doing next? Like, where do we want to go? Well, there's nothing to do. Let's drive to Buck Hill. So like the one yeah. sober person would like load everybody in the car. <laughs> I would always say I was going to yeah, go. That's the whole thing. We've investigated. <laughs> we actually uh, investigated at one point and some local police officers showed up and ended up staying with us. And they went in skeptical and came out big believers. They ended up witnessing what we witnessed. And uh, it's something that um, they will live. They will remember forever. Oh my gosh. We're going down a tangent here, Katie, yes, but <laughs> getting back to it. So thanks for tuning in to the OV Boss Babes podcast. We're going to hear from our sponsors. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, babes, it's Portia here, owner and founder of the Urban Lounge Salon and Spa, Let's be honest, it's been a tough two years and we all deserve some pampering and self-care now more than ever. And at the Urban Lounge Salon and Spa, we offer our clients a Lux City Salon and Spa experience. Our talented stylists and certified estheticians will bring out your authentic natural beauty while enhancing your best features to suit your style. Whether it be one of our luxurious organic facials, a relaxing massage, hot stone pedicure, or just getting those roots taken care of, we invite you to sit back and enjoy the ultimate beauty experience. You can find us at 3227 Petawawa Boulevard. Visit us online and find us on Facebook and Instagram to book your next appointment online. We look forward to safely welcoming you. You remember Amanda Talker Media, right? In the past two years, the Ottawa Valley has given back so much to her that her marketing business has grown into a team of five. To stand out on social media, you must be recognizable, memorable, and most importantly, relevant. Amanda Talker Media specializes in helping brands with their online social media presence through cutting edge social media, content marketing, and professional photography and videography services. Social media marketing is constantly changing and in order to make that balance between what you say and what your audience wants to hear, you need a thought out intentional strategy to tell your brand story. Let's break the noise and make a lasting impression with your audience. Follow Amanda at amandatalker.media for social media tips on Facebook and Instagram and check out her website to see how she can help you level up your biz. Century 21 has been a staple in the Pembroke of Petawawa area for over 45 years. At Century 21 Aspire Realty, many of our agents are born and raised right here in the Ottawa Valley. We also have close ties with the military community, having agents that are past military members and some that are military spouses. This helps to give us an in-depth understanding of the demands of the military lifestyle and the nuances of frequent relocation. 
Here at Century 21 Aspire Realty, we are committed to putting the client's needs first. Our agents work hard to act in a manner that is fair and ethical, as well as safe and practical. We are currently experiencing a seller's market like we have never seen before. If you are thinking of selling your property, call us first. Our social media campaigns are the best in the business. We offer professional photography, 3D home tours, and social media promotions across several platforms. Whether you are considering buying or selling, any one of our Century 21 Aspire Realty agents would be happy to assist you in the process. Check us out at www.aspirerealty.c21.ca or give us a call at 613-687-1687. I'm Krista Merrick, and you're listening to the Ottawa Valley Boss Babes podcast. How do you solidify to someone you're providing a reading on that you're actually connecting with the right person? Because like you were saying about the whole opening the door and all the flies coming in, that could be anybody. Absolutely. So they're going to tell me things uh, that I would not possibly know that only these people would know with, with each other. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is I know how to read energy. So by doing this for so many years, um, I have been able to really tell the difference. Not always. Nobody's perfect. Nobody knows everything. I certainly don't. Um, but for the most part, I can kind of detect my ghost dar kind of goes, mm, that doesn't feel right. I also operate with my guides. So everybody has um, uh, guides and angels and, and, and people who protect them on the other side. And I, I work with my guides quite frequently. Um, guides are people who are done reincarnating. They're done living in their lives as you and I, and they have uh, decided to guide us from the other side. And so a lot of times when I'm getting bad juju or I'm feeling off, you know, I'll have one of my guides come up and kind of say, careful, like, you know, you know danger, danger. And so I know the difference. Um, again, it really comes down to what the, the spirit is saying to me that I can pass the information. A lot of times I don't know you and I don't know the entity I'm, I'm communicating with, but once they say something that, that only they would know, you, you could validate and you know, it's them. How do you predict future events or occurrences, or do you just consider them more of having a strong intuition? So again, it depends on how you download it. Sometimes it's an intuition. Sometimes it's just a gut feeling. I tell everybody, always listen to your gut. Your gut's not going to do you wrong. Okay. Um, we operate in fear as, as, as human beings. We're human beings. We're not human doings. We're human beings, right? So we operate on fear. Therefore, we have to determine whether it's our brains saying, don't do that because we're scared or if it's actually a bad vibe coming through. Um, so downloading the information and, and having different ways of, of doing it, sometimes I will receive, uh, it's almost like a, a movie in my mind, or I'll see quick images of things, or I'll pick up a smell of something, or, um, you know, I will, I will get a pain, you know, I'll feel a physical pain about something. And that's really how I can get to the next thing is they send me these images and feelings and emotions. And, and it's at that point that I read to the individual what I'm feeling. Did you know or have a sense that the global pandemic was coming? Yes. <gasps> Did you really? Let's, I'm, the only thing that I'm going to say about that <laughs> is I had toilet paper long before everybody else did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Hey, Katie, you have to elaborate like on this. Yeah. It was so, just like a feeling? 
Yes, it was a feeling. So I am not a channeled global. Uh, I'm not like Nostradamus in the sense that I, 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 you know, I can see this huge global outbreak. And I, I keep my bubble a lot smaller. I'm actually a little nervous to do that because I can only handle what's in my bubble. So for me to kind of predict what's happening throughout the whole world, I, I don't like to do that. Um, but when I get an inclining, when I get a feeling, I, um, you know, I, I stick to it. I stick with my gut. My gut told me something's coming, be careful. And so I, you know, did all the prep work to make sure that my family and I were safe and, and we went from there. It was the same with the floods that happened a few years ago. Um, you know, I, we have a trailer, uh, at a seasonal campsite and, uh, I had told my husband, you know, it's important. I want you to, you need to jack the trailer up. We're going to have issues. And we were the only ones that didn't lose our trailer because, um, we ended up jacking it up over four feet. And, uh, you know, some of, some of the other campers were like, it's a little excessive, don't you think? We were the only ones that managed to save our trailer. So in a way, you know, it's not funny, but I, I, I go back and giggle and think, huh, yes. You know, when you listen to your gut, it pays off. Now that's wow. so interesting to me because imagine Katie had you told everybody, but would anybody have listened? Would any of us have believed you? We've been like, okay, Katie, sure. A global pandemic. We're all going to be at home. You know, grocery stores are going to have like empty shelves. Yeah. Okay. Toilet paper. Scarce, <laughs> like a scarcity. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So guys, if Katie's got Maybe. a sense of something coming, listen. <laughs> you need to have like a Facebook page where like, you're like warning. <laughs> right. This is coming soon. We don't know when, but... <laughs> Now, what about the general public, Katie, like someone who isn't psychic and if they have a strong intuition on things, or maybe they think that they're highly sensitive, or maybe they even think that they might have a psychic ability, how can they access it and develop their abilities like you? Um, I've been asked this question so many times, so many times people have come to me. Are you holding classes? Are you willing to teach me? Can you mentor me? How can I do this? And that's one of the reasons why I started my podcast. Um, and we can get into that in a little bit, but, uh, is to try to educate people and bring people into, you know, what I do and why I do it and try to offer some, some, um, education. You know, the thing that I tell people the most, there's two things that you need to do. That's the most important. Number one, uh, you have to realize that you are a conduit for the information. In other words, it flows through you. So when I first started doing this, I actually got really, really sick, really sick to the point where uh, I was bedridden for eight days because I didn't understand that I was supposed to allow the information to flow through me and not absorb the information. So I was reading people. I was holding this information, um, not necessarily in memory, but just in my body. And it made me sick. So I tell people that you have to become a conduit. And the only way to do that is to ground yourself, to get rid of what's not good and no longer serving you, to accept more that comes in. So for example, if you have a cup full of water, you cannot possibly put any more water in it. You have to constantly let the water flow. Um, so, so grounding and then meditation, heightening your vibrational frequency, you know, and, and not questioning yourself. We question ourselves too many times. If, if I'm reading you and I'm getting something, I've learned not to question it. If I see a purple dinosaur and a red balloon, the, the, the logical person in me is going, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would I see that? And a lot of people stop there. They go, no, can't make sense. That couldn't possibly mean anything, but it means something to the client. And so it's not my job to judge the information. It's my job to give the information. And so anybody tapping into their abilities, it's really important. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. Have a notebook, have something you can journal with, write it down. 
Um, you know, you're going to start to see things in dreams and meditations and your daily lives. You're going to see synchronicities and affirmations go with it. If it doesn't make sense to you now, it will when it's supposed to. And, and I, that's the best advice I can give you. If you want to start this, I would, there's a few books that I could reference. Uh, I'm going to start doing some, some training classes at some point, just because the, the interest is there um, to, to mentor people. If that's something they want to do, I may do some online stuff. Um, but for the most part, it's really kind of accepting that what you're going to get may not make sense to you. Now, with that being said, dabbling into the realm and connecting with spirits, especially if you're not trained or know how to close that portal properly, can lead to dark spirits coming through. So what is a portal and how can we ensure that dark spirits don't come through? Okay, so I'll go back to the analogy of the flies. Um, you know, the flies come in and out of the door when you open it in the spring. You don't mean to, but they come in. The same thing occurs with entities there, you know, Hollywood makes us think that entities are evil, malevolent spirits jump out and scare you and go blue. They don't. Okay. Demonic entities are not as prevalent as Hollywood makes it. You think, but they're out there. Uh, they don't jump out and jump into your body. It doesn't work like that. They have to take your free will and they need an invitation consciously or subconsciously by you opening that door of communication. You're welcoming it. So that's, you're opening that door. Um, but in order to, uh, to kind of promote, good vibrations and not bringing those entities through, uh, you're, you're going to want to use, you know, cleansing principles, crystals, lots of crystals. I use crystals in my daily every day. Uh, for those of you listening, you can't see, but I am surrounded by crystals. I use them. They're not for show. I use them every day. Um, and, and using different things that you believe in, whether it be if you're religious, you use crosses and holy water, or, you know, you're using sage or Palo Santo, there's hoodoo voodoo rituals, there's Wiccan rituals, there's all sorts of things that you can utilize to try and protect yourself and keep you safe. Uh, the second thing is, is how you communicate. So, you know, we'll go back to the phone. I had said to earlier that when you, when you call somebody, you have an active intent with it. With that active intent, you also have to remember that you hang up the phone. Okay, so when you're done communicating with your friend and you call them to see what they're doing that day, you, you hang up the phone. It's really important that with that active divination or communication, you end the session, you stop it. Portals are something different. Portals and vortex, vortices, are um, thinning of the veil in which it's almost like a haunted highway in a spot. So entities can come back and forth, or sometimes they can only go in and sometimes they can only come out. Um, that is something that, uh, it, you know, is still really unknown in the paranormal world. We're still doing a lot of research. We're still trying to figure out why it's happening, whether it's through electric magnetic fields, whether it's through, um, like a magnesium, uh, magnetism, whether it's through, uh, you know, like, uh, um, De stone deposit, mineral deposits, you know, crystal limestone and so on. But it, it, the bottom line is it's there. We're using it in communication and we're able to document and witness it. So it's not something that just kind of happens every once in a while. It's something that is, is there and is active quite a bit. And ley lines have a lot to play with that, which is a whole nother subject, but it's really kind of a haunted highway. And if you get into that haunted highway, you, you're going to pick up a hitchhiker. That's the way it goes. If something did come through or they don't want to or won't leave, how do you, how does somebody kind of, kind of deal with that? Entities are not, entities are like spirits or spirits. Okay. They're, they're souls of people. 
But energy and entities <clears throat> can differ in, in, in the sense that you may be able to pick up an emotion. So it may not be Fred who died 60 years ago, who's coming through and wants to attach to you. It could be the sense of sadness. It could be the sense of, you know, there was a tragic event and, you know, there was depression and sadness and, and death there. And it's that energy that follows through and comes and connects to you. So you're always feeling depressed. Okay. It's a little different than Fred. Um, in any case, it's important that you cleanse after you're done your, your communication and that you realize that it's you that has the power to get rid of that energy. So when I go into a location and somebody's called me and said they want a cleansing, I will come in and I will do the cleansing, but it's important that you as the individual or the victim of, of this location um, is with me. And I will teach you how to do the process of it. And I will make sure that you have all the steps necessary and the things necessary um, that you're going to need to do the cleansing because it's the active intent that is the most powerful. So if you're afraid of it, that's how it feeds off of you. If you have the active intent that you are strong, you're righteous in this, you can remove the, the energy, that's when it goes away. That makes sense though. I think that goes back even mm -hmm. to when I'm thinking about when um, I was dealing with that situation with my daughter because we feed off each other's energy too. So if she had seen that I was scared, she would have got scared. And I think that my calmness is what helped, you know, put her back to sleep. And I think that makes sense too with spirits. If they know that you're scared, well, absolutely. Like and a bully, a they're going to fight right back. Absolutely. And it's, it, it can, like, there are moments if, if, if any paranormal investigator or psychic medium says to you that they don't get afraid anymore, I beg to differ because as humans, we still get startled. I still am first one. Like if I see something moving in the bush, I'm out. Like I, I, I'm still startled as that, that human instinct to go, to move, to be safe. Um, but yes, when you show fear and you don't show conviction, um, yes, absolutely. That's what it feeds off of. And it usually hits the weakest link. That's, that's what it does. It picks on you. If you are vulnerable in fear, if you're vulnerable in, uh, depression, if you've, you know, had a bad day at work, if you're feeling sick, it, it feeds off of it. Going back to your question about, um, you know, communications. And if somebody wants to open communication, really think about your body. Think about what you went through that day. Um, I tell my teammates, we had a teammate this past weekend that said, no, guys, I can't go. I had a bad day. I'm just, uh, and my energy is not strong enough to be able to deal with what's going on at Buck Hill. And I think I should stay home. And we encourage that. If you're having a bad day, it's not worth it because they will cling on to that. So Katie, we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit. And we're going to talk about those that have passed specifically when we find little tokens around the house. So what is the significance of finding things like dimes and feathers and other subsequent objects? And what are the spiritual meanings behind them? So a lot of times when you receive gifts from the other side, they're trying to let you know they're there. They're trying to show you that they have the ability to come through and, and, and uh, manifest things and, and provide things for you. And they're, they're just trying to show you that, that you ha they have, you know, they're supporting you, they're around you. Um, when you receive little affirmations like that, and I say little, I don't mean like it's not a big deal. Hollywood has made us think that, you know, we should, the table should fling across the room or the door should slam seven times to validate that it's in fact paranormal. It doesn't happen like that. Even a dime, a feather, uh, a song coming on the radio, or even an implantation of a thought. So a lot of times 
when you when somebody pops into your head that's passed away it's not you thinking them it's them that's implanted the thought into your head because they're thinking of you and it's those little things those affirmations around that moment of what you're thinking of that consciousness is what is important so say you're missing your grandfather and you know you're thinking about him you're thinking of the great time you walk out of your kitchen you come back in and there's a dime on the floor he's letting you know he's there and he's aware of your thoughts to him and his thoughts to you so you know don't question it i don't i, I know i i have been able to witness things that you know um are unexplainable to to the human eye but they happened and they happened in the presence of witnesses so be grateful be thankful and uh, ask for more and you will receive it. Unexpected deaths, in my opinion, are the worst because there are so many regrets and un unanswered questions you have or things you had planned that you no longer will be able to do. So when, or so how can we communicate to a loved one that passed unexpectedly? So unexpected death uh, it does not give you closure. And this is where confusion lies in death for the individual passing away. I've had many scenarios where I've gone to an accident scene or I have uh, you know, communicated with, with an entity that uh, doesn't know they're dead or um, is, is you know, just wants to say bye to the mom or you know, wants to explain what happened or justify even murder victims. A lot of murder victims will come to me and, and um, homicide victims and will just you know they they didn't get to say goodbye or they never got to say what they thought they should have and it's really about the last word what they can get out and 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 you know the explanation um it's it's traumatic it's an absolute traumatic experience so um it's bringing them to that consciousness and it's making them want to choose if, if somebody's guilty because they couldn't hug their mom one last time they're going to stay in that moment and it's really hard for them um, it's just as hard for them as, as it is for the, the person mourning that, that, that death. So, you know, part of my job and what I do is kind of bringing that consciousness to that individual, that spirit and saying, it's okay, you're, you're able to go through um, and, and waking them up to that. And once they're woken, once they're, they're, they're reminded that, they, that there's something more to them on the other side, they'll go. I've had scenarios where I was at a, at a cemetery and a little girl spirit came up to me and said, mommy. And I said, no, honey, you know, I'm not your mama, but she was looking for her mother that had died. So she had died in the, in the forties or fifties and her mother died in the nineties, but because she was so scared and wanting to look for her mother, even though her mother passed, there was a wall that they could not communicate and she's still looking for her. And once I was able to say, no, honey, I'm not your mom and explain what happened, she was able, the door kind of the portal door opened or that the, the, the thinning of the veil occurred, she was able to go home to her mama. So, you know, it's, it's really kind of the, the middleman and going to uh, opening up that consciousness. Who knows how long she's been there for too. Wow. Yeah. Now I want to talk past lives, Katie, do you believe in alternate lifetimes or, or even reincarnation? Absolutely. 100%. I see past lives. Um, when I read people, past life events will come up. And usually when I read past lives, um, it's it, the past life that comes up that is prevalent is because it's something that the individual in this lifespan is still needing to work on from the life last lifespan. So to bring it up, like really generally, think of our life right now as a one room schoolhouse. We are all uh, spiritual beings. We're all humans in this one classroom. We're all on different levels of education spiritually, but we're all learning together. 
when you pass over and you cross, you're preparing to transition back onto the other side and you're preparing for that life lesson that you didn't learn. It's about balance and leaving cycles and forgiveness and acceptance and all of that stuff. So really, um, you know, we're teaching and helping with each other. Um, I've had many past lives. I've done um, hypnosis. I've done past life regressions. I've done, and I've been able to witness who I was and where I was in a past life. What really nailed the coffin, pardon the pun, in my opinion, was my son. When my son was uh, about two and a half, three, um, he, um, I asked him, I said to him, you know, and, and of course, in his little three-year-old words, I asked him, I said, do you remember how you died? And at that age, children have not kind of forgotten a lot of things in the past. So they're able to, to kind of tap into that subconscious to open it up. And he said, yes. And I said, what happened to him? And he said, well, the fire. And I said, the fire. And he said, yes, from the plane and in his little words. And I said, the plane, what happened? And he said, well, mommy, I crashed. And I said, well, where did you live? And he said, Japan. And he was able to speak Japanese, Japanese words. Yep. He was able to uh, tell me where he lived, tell me where he died, tell me the island he was on. Um, and it, that solidified it because there is nothing um, Japanese about my life. I respect it. It's a wonderful culture, but it's not something that's prevalent in my life. And so, you know, um, at, at his age, there's nothing he could comprehend about that. And, you know, my daughter did the same. She was able to explain things the same. And it was at that point that I really started doing research. Uh, you know, in fact, my son was born on D-Day. 70 years to the day. And what people don't realize is that um, when we reincarnate from death to rebirth, the average incarnation period is 70 linear years. So that means once you die, it's usually 70 years to the rebirth, you descend and come back into the next life. And it's not 70 years to the day. Most of the time, it could be 68 years, it could be 75 years, but it's around that time frame. And his happened to be 70 years to the day of D-Day when Jap Japan went and, um, was in the war so it's a pretty interesting we hear a lot of stories about that a lot a lot of stories of kids being able to explain who they were and what they did and um you know children don't lie they're innocent right mm -hmm. now how many past lives is it possible katie for someone to have it's infinite that's that's not an answer I can give you at this point in terms of my education, uh, you know, all the spirits that I communicate with, with my guides and so on. It's until you're done your lessons. Sometimes you cycle multiple times in order to learn that lesson. You know, it's not simple little lessons that you're learning. There's a whole world involved in that birth and death. There's a whole world involved in what you're doing on a daily basis. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in synchronicities. I believe that. Um, everything happens for a reason. Us today is not a coincidence at this place at this time. We're meant to be doing this. And, um, you know, when the faster that you kind of become a better student, the, the faster you're going to learn, right? So it's really about kind of stepping out of your consciousness and looking at your life and what you need to learn as an individual. And that's going to speed up that process. That doesn't mean speeding up the process of death. That means that you may be able to assist other people on their journeys. So I, like to think that I educate and help people, but I'm also learning at the same time. Wow. <laughs> Katie, you kind of hinted a little bit earlier that you also have a podcast, which I, you know what, I feel like I do my research really well and I missed that part. I did not realize that you also have a podcast. You do paranormal investigations. You do psychic readings. You are busy doing interviews and you've got your weekly show as well on Facebook with Richard. That's my podcast. That's your podcast. Yes. Okay. I was going to say, I knew I, 
I knew it was something along those lines. So tell us about that then. So uh, my podcast with my, my good dear friend, Richard Rulin, who is also a psychic medium, very well-known psychic medium and paranormal investigator who's been on many hit television shows. Um, we uh, decided, I actually started as a fan. I uh, tuned in, loved his work, loved what he had to say. And we developed a really quick, fast brother sister relationship. Like we are, we definitely came from the same cloth and we are uh, partners in crime. And uh, he asked me to be a part of it. And what person wouldn't do that? And so I jumped on board. And the last two and a half years, uh, him and I have been educating viewers on the paranormal. It's a very interactive, um, safe, uh, bully-free zone where you can come in and ask paranormal questions. Uh, we talk about psychic abilities and we talk about different types of equipment and ghost hunting and you know the ins and outs, the safety practices and so on. And we also host a lot of wonderful clients, a lot of world-famous paranormal well-respected investigators and demonologists and um, you know hoodoo voodoo and crystal people and witches and all sorts of stuff. So really it's just about educating and bringing people in. Yeah. Well, and I really love that you guys have them every week. They're live on Facebook. You can watch the replays and people are able to comment and ask their questions and, and interact with one another and even ask you guys questions throughout the entire live. I think Absolutely. it's so interesting. And that's even actually how I was able to compile my questions because I always think I'm like, I have so many questions, but I can't always think of them, you know, right at the top of my head. So I right. think that this is really interesting that you also offer this too. So tell everybody too, Katie, where they can tune into that, because I want people to be able to watch that for those that, you know, have their own questions and, and want to learn more. Absolutely. So you can tune in, you can go to Facebook uh, and, and look up, let's talk about it. It was Richard Rulin and Katie Turner. You can also check me out uh, through my Facebook page, Katie Turner, sensitive psychic medium, or my webpage, katieturnerpsychicmedium.com. Um, and, uh, you know, just check us out. You know, you don't have to commit. You don't have to, you know, you can just come and check us out and see what we're about. But for those of you who'd like to have a little local uh, stuff going on, there is a show called Paranormal Survivor, which uh, is, is world renowned. It's all over the world. And um, there are some local paranormal uh, haunts that we have investigated and we've been a part of. So it's, it's through Netflix and through uh, Travel and Escape and Destination America. And we're in season five. So if you're wanting to check out some local stuff, Petawawa, Pembroke, Deep River, Round Lake, that's where you can go to find it. Okay. Well, that's officially now on my watch list. On yeah. <laughs> that is coming up next today. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh my gosh, Katie, this has been so informative. And I feel like I've got so many more questions that I want to ask you. And, <laughs> and Katie Hiska, I really appreciate you co-hosting this podcast episode with me, but guys, we're not done the fun yet. We are going to dip into my rapid 10 and I've got questions for both of you to play this game with me. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So let's dive in. Katie Hiska, I'll start with you. I asked you very early on in this podcast episode, if you believe in ghosts, but have you yourself ever seen a ghost a spirit or even felt a presence of anything? I don't think so, but I would love to, <laughs> I would love to experience that because I'm so interested in it. And after today, I am, I'm so in. <laughs> Katie Turner, if you could get a reading from Teresa Caputo or Tyler Henry, who would you choose? Oh my goodness. I, you know what? Um, I'm going to say Tyler. I like them both, but I'm going to say Tyler. 
Oh, I love Tyler. I love watching his show too on Netflix. Katie Hiska, Ghosts of Girlfriends Pass with Matthew McConaughey or Just Like Heaven with Reese Witherspoon? Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Katie Turner, <laughs> have you conducted a paranormal investigation at Care For in Pembroke? I have not. Put that on your bucket list. That place is haunted. <laughs> so, so, he, so here's the thing with investigation. So we have a lot of legal jargon that we have to go through because it's very, it's very serious. We have to, there's legal, like we have documentation and stuff. So it would be tough to be able to go in with, with it being empty. We would be all up in that. I would be all for that, but it would be, it would be a little harder to get in because there's clients and there's people moving and stuff like that. So to set up equipment, to have it quiet, so there's no contamination, I would be willing to go in for sure, but I don't know how willing they would be to have us. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially because it's so public too. And because you're right, it is still operating. I just, I've heard so much from my, when my sister used to work there about the tunnels. Oh, it just gives me the EBGs. Yeah. <laughs> I would be all for that. So Katie Hiska, if you could connect with anyone that has passed, maybe even a celebrity, who would it be? Oh, that's hard. I actually, I lost my sister uh, when she was only about 72 hours old. And I have always wanted to talk to her. I've always wanted to connect with her. (laughs) I've always, 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 I've always like, gone to her grave site and gone and sat with her and talked to her she's younger than me she's about two years younger and yeah I've just always wanted to to talk with her and hang out well this might be an opportunity after the podcast for you and Katie yeah. to, to connect and see <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> and then if you do you'll have to like report back and let us know I will I definitely will <laughs> Katie Turner do you always see spirits even maybe at a restaurant at the grocery store or even if you're visiting someone's home yes Short answer. Yes, I do. I keep my door open just a a hint so that, um, I, just in case somebody needs me. So if a child's lost, missing, you know, um, murder victim or or some sort of crime, I try to keep it open. But when I go grocery shopping, I am focused on shopping. So it's not (laughs) as if they're just standing around. I'm able to kind of close that door a little bit, but I do keep it open. Katie Hiska, have you ever used a Ouija board? I haven't. No, I've always wanted to, but I haven't. Katie Turner, how do you connect with a pet that's passed? Connecting with a pet is uh, a little bit difficult sometimes because the pet can be uh, really kind of synchronized with the human. Um, So it depends. Uh, A lot of times I use psychometry or a photo. So I'm able to tap into that photo. Sometimes they're so prevalent that they're just there. I'm like, oh, you have a dog there. And uh, the client will go, oh my God, that's what I want to talk to you. And I'll describe the dog. It's a Doberman or it's this or it's that. And and they'll go, yes, yes, yes. And, And then I know I'm on the right track. Katie Hiska, have you ever been on a haunted walk? I think so in like old um, Montreal. I think we used to have one here in the Ottawa Valley. I don't know if anybody does them anymore, but I remember doing one a couple years ago, but they wouldn't tell anybody who they, what places were haunted other than the jail. (laughs) Katie Turner, last question for you to wrap this one up. Who is another local boss babe that inspires you that you think everyone should know about? You know what? I can't pick one because they're two wonderful ladies that I got to promote that I think are amazing. Um, Lisa and, and, and Regina from 
Brimstone and Belladonna, two awesome witches that own it. They know their stuff. I would say go in. I am not paid to promote this. I'm telling you right now, I love them to death. Um, and I encourage anybody who's inquisitive about the occult, about metaphysical, about Wicca, about psychic mediums, to go into their shop on the main street of Pembroke and check them out. They are worth it. Amazing. Oh, that was this was so much fun, guys. I really appreciate you both for being here today and for speaking with me and Katie. Oh my goodness. I, like I said, I feel like I have so many questions for you and I want to book my own psychic reading with you. And actually maybe we can put this out to our listeners too. Or do you have availability? How can people contact you specifically for psychic readings? So uh, I am very booked. Uh, I always ask everybody to please call me. You can check me out again, Katie Turner Sensitive Psychic on Facebook or my website, katieturnerpsychic.com. Um, check it out. Uh, you know, set, you look at the phone number and please call me. The fastest way to get a hold of me is call me. Uh, I do have a waiting list, so it is busy, but I can always try and fit you in somewhere. So that's something that you'd like to do. Come check me out. And Katie Hiska, where can people listen to you on the radio? You can find me on Pure Country 96.7 every weekday from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. for the afternoon drive show. And we want everybody to give you a follow as well because you've got some fun stuff on the socials. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, my personal Instagram is Katie underscore Pure Country. Perfect. Everybody, thank you so much for being a part of OB Boss Babes podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now. We will be back next week with another local Boss Babe in your community, so be sure to follow along and stay tuned. <laughs>